0: Afternoon or evening, for wherever you may be joining us from today, welcome to the Life Church Podcast. Hallelujah. I thank God for the power that's in the name of Jesus. I thank God for the power in the name of Jesus. God, before you're seated one more time. Just lift up your hands in his presence. Let's give him praise right now. He's so worthy of praise. Thank him for the power. Thank him for the power in his name. Thank him for everything he's done in your life. Thank you for him for meeting you. God, I give you praise in this house. God, I give you worship in this place. God, I thank you for the power that's in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for the glory and the power, God, that is in this place, God. I thank you for ministering right now. I thank you for touching right now. We give you glory and honor and praise. Let's give him a great big hand clap of praise. He's worthy. Worthy, he's worthy, hallelujah! Amen, amen, amen. Well, God bless you as you're seated. I thank the team for leading us into worship, and uh, I know that God is going to touch and God is going to do some great things today. Praise God! Praise God! I'm going to talk today for a few moments about the necessity everybody say necessity say it with like you mean it necessity. necessity the necessity of the sanctuary i want to tell you today church that this sanctuary this house of worship is necessary It is, the new word is essential. Church is essential. The house of God is essential. One verse of scripture, actually, two, two short ones. In your Bibles, we're going to look basically today mainly at the book of Psalm 73. And if you want to open your Bible there or your phone app there, we're going to be uh, looking around several verses, but I'm I'm going to only read two in your hearing before I tell you what I believe God wants us to hear today about the sanctuary. Psalm 73, I'm going to read verse 16 and verse 17. The Bible says, when I thought to know this, this is the psalmist speaking. He says, when I thought to know this, and we're going to talk about what, he, what this was that he was talking about in a moment. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. And then verse 17 says, Until I went into the sanctuary. When you're dealing with life and you're dealing with trouble, and you're dealing with pain, and you're dealing with problems, sometimes it gets a little painful. How many would say amen, Pastor Steve? Psalm 73 says, When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went Into the sanctuary of God. And then, put that scripture back up there, Brother Robert, so I can read it up there. To the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Let's pray that God would speak to us today through his word. Amen? Jesus, I want you to speak to me today, God. God, as the word of God goes forth, I want you to speak to my heart. God, and I want you to speak to every heart in this room. God, help us to understand that the sanctuary is a necessity in our lives. The house of God has got to be important in my life and in my family's life, God. Lord, church is essential. Help us to get that today, and thank you for this sanctuary. Everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. The word sanctuary is used in many different ways. Sanctuary is a place of refuge. Sanctuary is a place of protection. It's a place of safety. Um, Of course, in, in North America right now, there are some sanctuary cities. How many know what I'm talking about? All right, and and this is, okay, I'm not going to get political on us really early here, but but this is what's happening in a lot of cities. There are mayors and there are city councils that are deciding they're not going to abide by the laws of the land, and the city becomes a sanctuary to any person who's in the country illegally, and they can come there, and they will be harbored, or they will be safe in a sanctuary city. That's what a sanctuary city is. When I was traveling as a young man, I'm I'm still young, Brother Mark, just so you know. Uh, When I was traveling as a young man, prior to being married, I I spent some time in South India. And when I was there, the elder brother, Sean, Brother George, Sean, and I, we traveled um, from Kerala State over to Cody Connell, which is up in the mountains. And and one day on the way, on the trip there, we stopped at a wildlife sanctuary. That's another type of sanctuary, a wildlife sanctuary. And we spent the night in the hotel in this beautiful Indian sanctuary for wildlife. There were elephants roaming. We went down to the pool, not to the pool, not to the pool, to the water edge where there was a pool of great water. And we watched at evening time when the elephants would come by the 10s and 20s. There were big elephants and there were little elephants and there were baby elephants. And they would be in there and they'd be frolicking in the water. They didn't have a care in the world because there were no poachers allowed. There was not going to be capturing taking place. There was not people going to come in and take the tusk of the elephants and sell them to the Americans and the Canadians. Because the elephants and the monkeys were protected. They were in a safe place. They were in a place of refuge, sanctuary. But the sanctuary that I really want to talk to you about today is not a sanctuary city. It's not a wildlife sanctuary, but it is a spiritual place. It's a holy place. It's a sacred place that's been set aside. It's usually in a, in a building, in a religious building. It's an altar place. It's a place of worship. It's a place where the presence of God comes. It's a sanctuary. I thank God that there is a place that I can go to Like this building, it's just a building with some mortar and some brick and some plaster and, you know, sheetrock and carpet and ceiling. It's just a, a building. But there's something special because this place has been dedicated as a place where we meet together as the people of God. And we come into his presence in this place. And God gives us a place of safety. It's a refuge from the world. It's a refuge from the outside where the enemy comes to attack and to kill and to destroy. It's a place of refreshing. We can get into the sanctuary, and it's like, oh, I'm in his presence. It's this wonderful place where we can can bask in the presence of Almighty God. The sanctuary is so necessary In our lives. In Psalm 73, it is not a psalm of David, it's a psalm of Asaph. Asaph was a great friend of King David. He is known as the expert musician and known as a worshiper. In fact, for your knowledge today, Asaph had a bunch of sons that also became worshipers. I want to tell anyone that's here that's a parent, you want your kids to worship God? You want your kids to honor God? Guess what? You lead the way. You'll be a great worshiper, and little Johnny and little Susie will be a great worshiper as well. Asaph was a great worshiper, Asaph was one who had many sons who also became great worshipers. He loved God with all of his heart. And he wrote many of the Psalms are written by this gentleman named Asaph or Asaph. Psalm 73 is one of those Psalms. But here in Psalm 73, we find this worshiper, this one who loves God. We found Him in a place of discouragement. How many of you have been discouraged over the last four months? He was found in a place of discouragement. In fact, he was probably in a place of depression. What do you do, church, when you find yourself in a bad place? What do you do when you find yourself down or discouraged Life has been treating you bad and it's not going the way that you want. You feel a little beaten down because you're in the middle of a trial. You're in the middle of a test. You're in the middle of a, a storm in your life. Coronavirus is messing with you. What do you do when you feel a little overwhelmed and, and want to give up? Want to throw in the towel? Quit? Where do you go? A call. Ghostbusters? I know some of you are thinking it, so I thought I might as well say it. When you don't know where to go or who to turn to, and there's a fa- there's family that won't understand, where do you go when life is turning against you? I want to tell you today that the sanctuary is so necessary because it's a place we can go to. It's a place we can run to. It's a place of safety. It's a place of protection. It's a place of understanding what God is really doing. I thank God for the sanctuary. I thank God for this place that we get to gather back into today and we get to unashamedly lift our hands, bow our heads, cry out to God. I thank God for his presence that fills this place. We've not been here for 16 weeks. When I think about that, that just blows my mind. Who would have thought that four months of our lives would be turned upside down by this pandemic. Everybody was talking about 2020, the year of vision. It's gonna be the greatest year. And maybe in God's eyes it is, but in our eyes we're saying, God, what are you doing? We've not been allowed, we've been forced out of this sanctuary. Of course, I think we probably could have come, but, I mean, we might have gotten in trouble. But we've chosen to not be here. We've battled this pandemic together. We've had to do a lot of crazy things like not going to see family members because we were physically being distanced from one another. We've worn masks, malls have closed, stores had closed, restaurants, we've not been to restaurants inside the building in, in months now. We've done our part. Businesses, some of them have had to shut down. Many of you have worked from home. Some of you have not worked because your company is not working. You've had to go and find other means of income. We've worshiped online in our homes. I pray you have at least tried to do that. We've worshiped in the parking lot behind our building for the last three Sundays. And and I'm I'm not saying that the online services were not good. I pray that they helped you. I pray that they ministered to you. I pray that the outdoor services were good for you. But I want to tell you today that really it's not the will of God. It's not the same to be in the back parking lot. It's not the same to be sitting in your Lazy Boy with your computer on your lap and trying to have church. Do I get a witness? It's just not the same as coming through the doors with your brothers and sisters of like precious faith and together beginning to exalt and lift up the name of Jesus. It's just not the same. Now, I'm telling you, we've had good church online. I thank the team. I thank the music. I thank the Sunday school, the Life Kids program. I, I, they, they've been phenomenal. In fact, there are people looking at some of the stuff we're doing and and, and wanting to see it on a weekly basis because they've done such a fabulous job. Brother and Sister Carrie, who are upstairs, thank you for helping us manage the Life Kids program and the entire Life Kids team, Sister Brenda and all those that have helped, thank you. Brother Jonathan, Kayla and the music team, thank you. I'm telling you, the hours. That has been spent you honestly don't know the amount of work that's gone into preparing a little one hour online service thank you as good as it has been as wonderful as it was and I thank God for the technology can you imagine if we didn't have it At least on Zoom, I could get on there, and I could say hello to you, and I could wave at you, and I could smile at you, and I could see you. I thank God for it. But as good as it was, it's not the same as coming into the sanctuary. Let's take a moment and thank God for the sanctuary. Let's take a moment and thank him for his presence that we can feel in this place right now. Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you for the house of God. We thank you, God, for the privilege of gathering together, God. We don't have to worry about someone coming and telling us not to be here. But God, we thank you for the freedoms that we have in this great country. The psalmist Asaph had got himself in a bad place. He was ready to quit. He was ready to throw in the towel. The Bible says in Psalm 73 and verse 2, Asaph speaking, he said, as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. He, he was ready to just give it all up. Why, Asaph? What was going on, Asaph? Well, the psalm goes on to let us know that Asaph got his eyes off of God and onto people around him. How many like to watch people? Man, I love to watch people. There's nothing like getting in an airport. My wife says, did you bring a book? I don't need a book. I have got, all, I've got too much going on to need a book in an airport. If you can read a book in an airport, you're better than I. You, I can't do that. I, I just got to see what's going on. There are some really interesting and intriguing people in airports. Watching people, though, can cause you some trouble. You know, we live in the social media age. H- how many here would admit that you have a Facebook account? Okay. H- how many have an Instagram account? And those are the only two that I have, so we won't ask about the rest of them. I'm sure <laughs> others of you have more than that. But, but really, we live in this world where image and presentation is sometimes very misleading. You can look like you're the perfect family with the perfect spouse and the perfect kids. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Everything is perfect. Nothing is wrong. There's never any trouble. There's never a trial. There's never a test. Life is a dream. For you, as so it seems on social media. Too often, social media gives us the wrong impressions of what really is going on in your life. You can look at your friends. You can look at your neighbors. You can look at your co-workers. You can look at families in the church, and you can be just like Asif. Asif was looking at people and not at God, and the Bible says that he became envious of the people he was looking at. I'm telling you what, it it happens to every single one of us. It always seems that people on Facebook and people on Instagram, they have more fun than we do. They take better vacations than we do. They have more stuff than we do. They have nicer clothes than we do. They obviously have more money than we do. How many would say, yes, Pastor Steve, I know what you're talking about? Their lives are way more exciting than our lives. And it's easy when you're looking at people and getting your eyes on people to become jealous Or to become envious. I just want to tell someone today, what you're seeing is not the real deal. You're just getting a little glossed over, photoshopped image of what life is really like for that family or that individual. Psalm 73 and 3, Asif says, I was envious of the boastful. Huh. How many times are we putting pictures and it's it's tweaked in such a way that it's our best side. It's our best smile. Our hair's just right. It's got to show the, the camper behind us just, just at the right angle. It's got to show Pastor Jonathan the big bass that I just caught. <laughs> Keep catching those bass, they're good. Asif says, I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity. Of the wicked. He, he, he was watching people a little too much. He got his eyes on people. He got watching or listening to their social media account a little bit too much. And he felt like that those people over there are more blessed than me. Became discouraged. Ready to give it all up ready to be done with the God thing until, everybody say until. until, until he went into the sanctuary. Things begin to change for Asif in the sanctuary. He realized that things may look good on the outside right now, but there's coming a day that there's a judgment that's coming. And at that, that day, It's not going to look too good. Things become clear in the sanctuary. Something wonderful takes place when we get into the sanctuary. You know what? I thank God that after 16 weeks of being out of this place, that we get together back once again in the sanctuary. God, we need your presence to fill this place. God, we need your presence and your refreshing to minister to this mind right now. You know, in life, there's a lot of things that don't make sense. It's easy to get discouraged when life is not making sense. Here's a few things that don't make sense in my mind. Why do the wicked prosper? When it seems like church folks, good people, struggle. Struggle. Does it doesn't make sense. Why why do good people suffer? Or why doesn't God answer me when I need Him to answer me, like right now? These are things that don't make sense, but but I want to just encourage you, Life Church, today when things don't make sense in your world, when things are just a little confusing, when things are a little out of sorts in your world, I just encourage you, always get to the sanctuary. Because in the sanctuary, things are different. I I got four quick things I want to tell you about the sanctuary. Brother Robert's going to put these up on the screen for me. In the sanctuary, number one, we see things from God's, Perspect- perspective Asaf had been focused on the present and he was forgetting the future it's easy to get caught up today church with the present some of you are dealing with trouble some of you are dealing with problems it's easy to get focused on where you're at today it's coronavirus it's pandemic. It's trouble with my family. It's trouble with my finances. It's trouble with my health. You can focus on the present and forget that God has a great future. But if you can only get to the sanctuary, things change in the sanctuary. When you get into the presence of Almighty God, when you come into the house of God and God begins to move, something happens. There's a turning point. a a turning point, a turning place where things finally begin to look clear in the sanctuary. God, open my heart and open my mind to see as you see. God, help me to know that, God, you've got plans for me. God, help me to know that what I'm going through today is not going to be the end of my story. But, God, you've got a future. You've got an expected end, God. God. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's the word of God for someone in this place today. Let that sink into your heart that there's a God that loves you. There's a God that declares that he's got plans for you. And he's got good things in store. He's not going to harm you. He's going to come alongside you. He's going to give you hope. He's going to give you a future. Romans 8, 28, great verse. We we use this all the time. We know that all, everybody say all. All all things work together for good. You mean to say, Pastor Steve, the thing I'm facing right now, the Bible says in his word, all things, A-L-L, everything is working together for good. Praise God. I believe someone needs to receive that today. God's got plans for you, He's got a future for you. All things are working together for good to those that love God, to those who are the called according to His purpose. In the sanctuary, we see from God's perspective. The second thing in the sanctuary, we realize that God is good, the goodness of God. Psalm 73 and 1, Asaph said in this psalm, truly God is good to Israel. I thank God that no matter what I'm going through, I thank God that no matter what trouble is on the horizon, no matter what's happening in my life, that God is good. When you get in the sanctuary, there's something supernatural that takes place. When we understand that we're serving a great God and he's a good God, he loves us, he's great, he's good, his mercy is everlasting, there's something that knows that God is good all the time. And all the time. God is good. It's in the sanctuary that you're reminded of the goodness of God. Thirdly, in the sanctuary, we are reminded that God is faithful. Hallelujah. Psalm 73 and 28. But it is good for me. I'm sorry, I am jumped ahead. Psalm 73 and 26. My flesh and my heart fail. Folks, we're not that good. I fail, you fail, we all fail. My flesh, my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart, and He is my portion forever. He is faithful. He's not faithful just today, and he'll fail you tomorrow. The Bible says that he's faithful. He's your portion forever. I thank God for his faithfulness today. I thank God that we get into the sanctuary. We can see the faithfulness of God. Can you thank God right now for his faithfulness in your life? Can you thank God that he's met you? He's been there. He's answered prayer. He's going to see you through. And in the sanctuary, number four, it's in the sanctuary that we draw near to God. The last verse of Psalm 73, it's verse 28. It says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare thy works. There's something about getting in the sanctuary that just draws me a little bit closer the presence of God. I thank God for the sanctuary. I thank it for Him for the place that He ministers into my life, place where He comes and, and he, he encourages me and he, he refreshes me. I thank Him. It's a place I can come and I can cast all my cares upon Him because He cares for me. You know, this coronavirus thing, I have some thoughts about it. I know it's a virus. But really the more I see the more I'm wondering and feeling like there's a spirit behind it. And I'm going to clarify what I'm thinking here. This virus has come and it has separated God's people. It's kept us apart. brought confusion. It's it's brought destruction. It's, It's taken some lives. It's been tough on the church at large. But the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against God's church. We've been forced out of this house in spite of the fact that there's a great scripture in the word of God in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25. Let us Not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. If there was ever a day, church, that His return is getting closer and closer, it's today. I just want to let you know that this scripture is a warning to the people of God. It's letting us know that we, we can't get to the place where we neglect the house of God, that we neglect that meeting together with the people of God. It's imperative. It's a necessity that we get together in God's house. You might be here. You might be upstairs. In this, in, but it's a necessity because when we meet together, there's something spiritual that takes place. There's an encouragement that happens. I encourage you, and you encourage me. And we can encourage one another as we see the signs of the times happening right before our eyes. I want to tell you, church, when you see what's going on in our world today, it's not that long that Jesus Christ is going to be coming back. It's been preached about as long as I've lived. Some of you have lived a little bit longer than me, and it's been preached all of your lives. But the fact is, we're a little bit closer to the coming of the Lord. And it could be something that could happen. The Bible lets us know it could happen at any moment. We have to make sure that we're not lulled into sleep and be comfortable just having church online. As good as online church was, it's so easy to get distracted. Our family, we get together in the living room and, and the, the kids would, there's one of them back there. One's out there. They'd say something, and there'd be a little conversation that would go on. And it's like, guys, I'm trying to have church. It's easy to get distracted in your living room. Hey, I'm going to go get a coffee. Anyone want coffee? You know, phone rings. You take the phone call. You put it on, you know. You let it play in the background. I mean, it's hard to connect online. It's hard to really worship God online. And I know we've tried, and I know we've done it. And I know God's even touched some of you in the online services. But I'm telling you, it's not the will of God that we get comfortable in an online environment where we're just lackadaisically laying back in our lazy boy and just kind of going through the motions of having church. It's the will of God that we get in this place. It's the will of God we get to the sanctuary. I'm talking about this COVID-19, coronavirus. Have you noticed, and this is where I think there's a spirit behind it. Did you notice that probably three or four weeks ago, there were riots and protests and statues being toppled? And I saw the videos like you did. Thousands of people, shoulder to shoulder, in the streets of cities. And many of them didn't have masks on. And I'm not sure, I have no way to prove it, but I never heard a big uptick of numbers at that period of time. But now that we've had churches that have opened, and I'm just telling you, I'm speaking from people that I know. There have been many of our churches that have opened in the U.S. I've got friends that have opened their churches three or four weeks before us. And I want to tell you today, on a daily basis, I'm seeing... That pastor so-and-so and and his wife and his family all have coronavirus. District superintendent so-and-so from North Texas and his wife both have coronavirus. The general secretary of the United Pentecostal Church and his wife both have coronavirus. Evangelist Doug Kleindance, one of our premier evangelists, coronavirus. I, I think his wife might have it too. A friend of ours that went on the Ecuador trip, two, two young girls from a church in Texas posted last night. Please pray for our family. Mom and dad, and both of us all have coronavirus. They passed through a church in Texas. Isn't it quite co- coincidental that all of these preachers and all of these church people and all of these godly men and women all get coronavirus? I think there's something spiritual happening. It seems like a spiritual attack to me. And we need to pray against it. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and verse 8 says, Our people settled here and built this temple. Everybody say temple. Temple, sanctuary. Some translations say sanctuary. I'm getting a little feedback going on here, guys. Um, built this temple to honor your name. They said... Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as a war, plague, put coronavirus in there, famine, we can come and stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. I want to tell you today, church, we need to pray against this coronavirus. In fact, before we go any further, I want you to lift your hands up right now, and I want you to pray. I want you to pray for those pastors and leaders and ministers and churches that God would protect them. I want you to pray against this spirit that's behind it, that's trying to destroy, that's trying to to cause confusion. We're praying right now in the name of Jesus. God, your word has promised us that when we stand in your sanctuary, when we stand in the temple where your name is honored, that we can cry out to you. We can call on your name, and you will come, and you will hear us, you will save us, and you will rescue. God, I pray against coronavirus right now. God, I'm praying right now, God, that in the GTA, God, that the coronavirus would leave. God, in the the country of Canada and the province of Ontario, God, that we live in, God, that the coronavirus would go. God, I pray for the USA, God. I pray for all the people, God, with coronavirus. I pray for everyone in Florida, in Texas, in Arizona, in California, God. I pray against her right now for every pastor and pastor's wife, God. I pray, God, you would keep them for every saint, God, every spiritual leader. God, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that you would come, that you would hear us, and you would rescue In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Give give, give me me two more. Give me, I'll, I'll say, give me five more minutes. Everybody say five. All right. Psalm 27 is the other psalm I want to hit for a moment. Psalm 27 is a psalmist, David. He found himself in a time of trouble. He found the enemy closing in around him. And when David found himself in a bad place, he writes Psalm 27. He only had one desire when he found himself in a bad place. Psalm 27 in verse 4 says it like this. One thing have I desired of the Lord. Everybody say one thing. Let me see one finger. Put up one finger. There's one thing. Have I desired of the Lord? And that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of the enemy closing in around him, he had one desire. He wasn't desiring a bigger palace. He wasn't desiring more military might. He wasn't desiring more gold and servants and all the stuff that a king can have. He was desiring one thing, the presence of his God. He wanted the place that he could go to, the temple, the house of God, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I thank God that as a child, my parents took me to the house of God. And as a child, I can remember being in the altar, kneeling and standing before the presence of God and letting God come and minister to me. I can remember repenting of my sins. And yes, I had some sins that needed to be repented of. I can remember being filled with the power of the Holy Ghost in the house of the Lord. And then as I became an adult, I thank God that I decided to continue making the house of the Lord a priority. It was at the house of the Lord that I again would go to the altar as an adult and repent of sins. And everybody say, as an adult? Yes, as an adult. I thank God for the forgiveness that comes when we confess our sins to him. I thank God that in the house of the Lord, I received a call of God upon my life to work for him. I thank God that in the house of the Lord, I made commitments to God that are going to last my lifetime. I thank God it was in a house of God in Chesapeake, Virginia, that I went to an altar and I connected my life and married this beautiful lady in the front row. It was in a house of God. I thank God that it was in a house of God that I was able to dedicate my children to God and say, God, they belong to you. Whatever you want to do with them, wherever you want to take them, they're yours. That all happened in the house of God. David knew where to run when life turned against him. David knew where to go to In times of trouble, he says, One thing have I desired of the Lord. I just got to get to the presence of God. I just got to get to the house of God. I just got to get into his presence where I can feel and enjoy his presence. I thank God for what's happened in this place. I thank God for what's happened around this altar. I thank God for the changed lives and the mended hearts and and, and lives that have been turned upright and sins forgiven and people that have repented and been baptized in water in the name of Jesus and those that have received the gift of the Holy Ghost in this house. I thank God for the prayers that have been answered, bodies that have been healed, minds and spirits and emotions that have been mended in this house. I thank God the Bible says in Acts chapter 3 and 19 that repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. I thank God for the times we've just got into his presence. We didn't want to go home at the end of service where the presence of God comes down and we're refreshed in his presence. I thank God for the lives that have had been set free from sin because the Bible lets us know in 2 Corinthians 3 and 17 that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, there's liberty. You say, well, I can feel God anywhere. Yes, you can, and I, I want to tell you that you, you can have the presence of God show up in your living room, it can show up in your bedroom, it can show up in your drive, and, that, and that, really... The presence of God is no longer confined to a building. If we decided to meet in, in the shed behind my house, which there's no shed behind my house, by the way, <laughs> it doesn't matter where we meet together, the presence of God is going to show up. You can get together with your family in your living room, and God can show up in a powerful way. Really, it's the presence of God. That must be a priority in our lives. It's the presence of God where we must get to the house of God. We must get into that secret place. We must find that few moments in his presence. Because I've been a few times in my life where I've not been thinking correctly. It's only been a couple. There's been a lot of times I haven't thought correctly. But there's something about it. I don't know about you, but there's something about getting into the presence of God be it in a church, be it in a tabernacle at a campground, be it in wherever it is where you're getting together in the presence of God. And when God, the presence of God shows up, God begins to do do things. Things change in his presence. I hope I've conveyed the word of God to you today. I hope I've encouraged you that this house is important in our lives. We must make sure that there's only one thing that we're desiring, and that's time in his presence. God, more than anything else, God, I've got to have those times where I come into your presence and you begin to minister. I'm going to invite the music to come back at this time. We're going to stand together. We're not going to come to the front here, but I believe that God's going to touch someone. What do you need from God today? What do you need from God to do, to do in your life? Is there a big need that you need God to answer? We're going to pray together. We're going to ask God to touch you right now. If God needs to to move in your family, God can move in your family. If, If God needs to move on your kids, God can move on your kids. If you need a healing in your body, God can heal your body. If you need salvation in your soul, God can save you today. If you just need a refreshing, you can be refreshed in his presence. We're just going to take a couple of minutes before we're done here. And I'm just going to encourage you. They're going to sing. But I'm going to encourage you. Let's begin to worship God. Just take a couple minutes. Just you and God. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. Lift up your voice before him. And begin to cry out to him. Let him know how much you've missed his presence. Let him know how much you've missed gathering together in his house. And I believe as you begin to minister to God, as you begin to praise the name of Jesus, that God will reach down, and He will touch you in this place. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram and on Facebook, just search Life Church and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. Now before you go, we ask if possible from whatever platform you may be listening to us on, give us a rating or a review or even both and share this message with someone so that they can be impacted by the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.